My name is Pastor Kate. Me and my husband Dustin are the children's pastor and the youth youth pastors here at City Lights. We feel incredibly, incredibly lucky and blessed to be here. We love this church. We love the vision of this church. We feel like we found home here. I think we hear that a lot when people visit. It's like, it's like coming home. That's how we felt the first time we walked in here. So um, I'm super excited because I feel the Lord gave me a very clear word for me to share this morning. And um, it comes down to literally one word, and that word is alignment. We're going to be talking about the word alignment. Uh, We hear a lot of words in church that are like, what does that mean? And people just say them, and then they move on, like we all know, everything that, you know, churchy kind of lingo. And some people are like, wait a minute, can we talk about that? What is this alignment thing? So we're going to really dig into it this morning because it's super important uh, what it means and what does it look like? What is, why is it important to our lives? It's actually incredibly important for our relationship with Jesus. When I say the word alignment, there's probably two things that popped into your mind, possibly. Uh, one could be that your car is out of alignment. Your car gets hits a huge pothole and then it starts pulling to a certain direction, right? Another one could be that your back gets out of alignment. Then when that happens, you can't really move very well. You're unable to like walk. You're in tons of pain. In both those instances, you're not able to move forward correctly. You're getting pulled somewhere else. You're getting stuck, right? Dustin, will you come up for our next? I have, so um, as a children's pastor, you can't really speak without some sort of elaborate illustration. So we've got one for you this morning. Last service, it it worked okay. It was a little shaky, but we're going to try it again. We actually push this table uh, back here. Oh, we got a tray this time. That's probably a good idea. Okay, so how many of you guys have been to a wedding and you see those fancy uh, champagne towers? I always want to say fountains, but it's a tower. How many of you have seen one of those? You guys know what I'm talking about. We're going to try and do that this morning. Do you want to watch us <laughs> attempt a champagne tower? But it's a um, sparkling cider tower. Because we're in church and everything, guys. All right, so he's going to stack that. And as he does, I'm going to explain why. Why are we making this tower? So alignment isn't just about a straight line. It's also about being in alignment side by side and in unity. And this tower is a good example of that. Because not only is it going to pour down like the anointing of the Lord pouring into us, we have to also be unified side by side and be receiving with one another what God wants to do. Okay, here we go. Let's see if it works. (laughs) This is where it gets exciting. You know, (laughs) Dustin, no! (laughs) You should... (laughs) Oh my gosh. That could have been a disaster. Here we go. Ooh, yeah, we're fancy at City Lights. Elegance and class here this morning. (laughs) Ooh, it's working. The bottom ones are getting filled up. Nice, beautiful. Not quite. It's like you can't go too fast because that top one will definitely fall over. All right, so this bottle is representing like Father God. And he poured out through Jesus Christ. He is the head. He is the head of the church. He is the head of our lives. And overflowing of that flows into our lives. And then we get to flow into one another. So this is a great picture of alignment that way. Look, 
well, you know. It's a good, it's an illustration of alignment. All right, good job, Dustin. Let's leave it. Look how pretty. Just leave it. I think it'll stay. I don't think it's going to fall over. I'll get away from it so I don't bump it. Okay. So the concept of alignment, whether it's a car or a back or this beautiful tower, is that there are these different elements that need to be in correct order or correct relationship to each other in order for something to happen or something to work. Alignment can mean a straight line in correct position, but it also means a position of agreement of unity. It's a key, key thing that God has chosen for us to be in alignment, unity with him and with one uh, one another. Being in alignment with Christ makes you aligned with the Father. The Father from whom all blessings flow. Miracles, provision, peace, it flows down. It fills us. And this is bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. This is, it's like uh, lightning. It's like lightning looking for a place to conduct, to find a point on the ground to connect with. We went for a hike, me and my friend Shelly, who is here visiting. We went for a hike this weekend and saw a lot of trees up in the mountains that the lightning had struck. And it makes that cool like black spiral. We can see, oh, that's where lightning struck that. This is a point of connection where power came through. God is looking for us to be a point of connection for his power to flow through, for us to be in alignment, to be available for his power to connect with us and through us to change things, to be powerful. It's awesome. Another anointing, uh, a picture of anointing is um, when they would anoint people in the Bible. So it was like a full-on flowing of oil over their heads, just saturating them. A lot of times in church, we think of like the little dab of oil on your hand. It's like one little, I'm like, don't touch my hair. Every time I go through any kind of anointing thing, I'm like, my hair is going to get greasy. So, but can you imagine this? This would have just saturated them from top to bottom. This is the picture that God had in mind of alignment of his spirit flowing down. That is anointing. Let's look at the way that David described it in Psalm 133, one through three. He said, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon was falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. This is cool too. In the first verse, the word good, how good and pleasant it is, is the Hebrew word tov, which is used in the first verses of creation. When God is saying he created light and it was good. It means this is my design. I am calling this good because I designed it this way. And when it operates and flows the way I designed, it's good. So it is good for us to be in unity. It is good for us to be in alignment. He's saying it's good for you because now my blessing can flow and life can flow forevermore. So that's amazing. When we live in alignment, there is a promise there for us that we will benefit, that his presence can come and saturate our life. So how do we do this? Where, how do we get into alignment? What does this look like? Number one, Alignment starts in the secret place, the secret place with Jesus. Alignment is connection. 
And connection comes from quality time. Quality time. That's how we connect with one another. It's the same with Jesus. He designed it that way. It's good. That's his design. He says there's a place where he waits for us where he jealously burns for our attention and our affection. Uh, Let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6. He said, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's such a simple action. It's such a simple command. It does not need like some sort of biblical scholar to understand this verse. He is literally saying, come meet with me. Shut the door. Let's have a talk. Let's have a time together. If somebody wants a a, a conversation that's meaningful, often they'll say, close the door. Let's talk. That's what God is saying to you. Close the door. Find a place. It's all well and good to, to read your, your Bible at like Starbucks, but you need to have a place where it's just you and the Lord, where you can be vulnerable, where you can have connection, where you are waiting on his voice, hungry. The father who is in the secret place waits for us there. He's there. It's you who needs to respond. We don't have to beg for him to meet us there. We don't have to be like, well, I guess if he shows up, he's there now. He waits for you, his heart burning to meet with you there. So whether that's in your car or whatever that looks like, find your secret place. Find your secret place. It's so key to your relationship with Jesus. Um, There's an author named Bob Sorge. He has a book called Secrets of the Secret Place. It's an excellent book. I love it so much. This is how he describes being in the secret place. Imagine yourself shut away in a quiet place, door closed, the most comfy place in your room or your closet, your Bible laid open in front of you, Jesus himself standing at your side, the Holy Spirit pointing out scripture and revealing truth, God the Father smiling with great affection, love, and acceptance over you, You make the decision to press in and lavish your love on the Lord. Your heart burns with passion and a desire to go deeper. You talk to him and he talks to you. And the greatest exchange in the universe happens. Isn't that the greatest thing? I pray that really stirs your heart. That makes you hungry. That it makes it it spurs you on to go find your secret place and have a moment like that with the Lord. We get to have that every day. We can get away and know our Jesus every day. And when we do that, the alignment comes because connection comes. That's the secret of the secret place. Point two with alignment. Alignment comes through impartation and process. These are two two things that work together but are actually very different. Um, Impartation is another one of these buzzwords we hear in church a lot. You know, oh, it was a moment of impartation. It's like, what does this mean? You know, I'm going to, we're going to talk about it. First, I want to read this. Alignment or lining up with Jesus is when we become aware of the incredible life that the Father has given us through salvation in Jesus that we were created for. It's like an awareness of like, I am finding who I am when I'm in alignment. I need more of this. I need to stay here. I need to fight for this alignment. We become aware of his thoughts his plans, and then we get developed and changed by them. And that development is what we see in two ways. So impartation is the first way. 
impartation, here's an easy definition to, to help you. This is a miraculous, sudden moment, an encounter with the Lord that brings a change to our thinking, our actions, or our understanding. So often when we hear testimonies, they are usually testimonies of impartation, a sudden moment, an impartation of instant healing. We hear, we hear testimonies like that, don't we? An impartation of a sudden awareness of the love of God like they had never known before. My, my dad's personal testimony of his salvation was an impartation moment. My dad was, uh, grew up very lost, very broken, uh, 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 abusive home, um, fell in very young age into drugs and alcohol, never made it past 10th grade in high school. And he would go up into Estes Park, and in the summers, him and his brother would work at like a dude ranch. He would do um, trail rides, and, you know, they would just basically party through the winter because there's nothing else to do. So they'd get some crummy little rundown place and live there <laughs> through the winter time. So one night, he was so broken, he was so done with that life. And in the middle of the night, on a winter night, he stepped out into an open street in Estes Park. He still takes us all there all the time. He's like, this is where this happened. And he just cried out to the Lord. And he said, if you are real, I need to know. Answer me and meet me here. And in a true, miraculous impartation, God met him there and radically changed his life. And he was changed from that second on to this day. He's been a pastor for 50 years almost. So he, he had that miraculous moment, that impartation moment. And they're so, um, they're powerful and they're incredible and they're, they're life-changing and they're easy to tell as a story. But oftentimes, our relationship, our development and alignment comes through process. And that's the step-by-step. Step. That's the day-by-day Process is when the Father starts to open up truth in our life about Jesus. The Holy Spirit begins to apply that truth to our lives. Process is the ongoing relationship. We discover God's desire for us, and then we step forward into the truth of it. So process is a journey of relationship, of revelation, of discovery. Process is really where Jesus loves to walk beside us and walk day by day. And he loves to bring us those impartation moments, and we're so thankful for them. But if that's what you live by, you're going to get lost in the day-to-day. -day. We have to have the process. Process is about obedience and choice. Obedience as the Holy Spirit takes us through our circumstances, and then we make choices based on what God is for us and what he wants us to be. Um, there's an author named Graham Cook that I really like. He has a lot of books on the prophetic. He, this is a quote for him. He says, um, the spiritual life is very simple. God decides what we are going to do, and we decide if we will obey him. The creator decides. The created discovers. It really is that simple. And I understand there's more. It feels like, oh, there's a lot more to it. But honestly, it boils down to that. It boils down to the process of saying yes to Jesus, yes to obedience, yes to becoming a living sacrifice like he asks us to. And then his glory comes and he pours it out. And it's a beautiful exchange. So God knows what he intends for us. We decide if we will submit and cooperate. And a lot of times that decision will bring us into a place of impartation. That It opens the door for those miraculous moments, the day-by-day -day obedience. Impartation can be 
powerful, it's amazing, it's wonderful. It's a lot about our emotions and our feelings, okay? Which is legit and it's important. But over time, process needs to take over. Where we may no longer feel those feelings of that powerful moment, we must now choose to live it out no matter what, okay? So like my dad, he was instantly saved, but he came down out of that mountain and he found a church and he got discipled and he basically lived at that church and became the janitor at that church <laughs> and got discipled. He had basically no parents in his life, so the, the pastors of that church became like a mom and dad. That was actually Marilyn Hickey and Wally Hickey became like his mom and dad. And he has been a pastor there all this time now. So it shows the process is so, so pivotal as well. Um, all right, point number three. Tough seasons and adversity bring opportunity for alignment. Opportunity. Wow, what an opportunity. <laughs> right? Difficult stuff. Woohoo! All right. So uh, we know that there's going to be difficult things, always, and people, difficult people. But they bring us opportunities to develop us in the things of God. And no season is wasted. Nothing is meaningless in the kingdom of God. Nothing. We don't have meaningless suffering. That is something the world really struggles with. All this suffering is just meaningless. It's just meaningless. You hear that a lot. Not, not in God's kingdom. And I'm not talking about tragedy. Tragedy, um, when, when we find ourselves in a deeply tragic situation, the Lord's comfort meets us there. What I'm talking about is conflict. Times where we are having to choose to overcome difficult things. You, you didn't get the job you really wanted or were hoping and praying for. You didn't get the house you were praying for and put an offer on and it's your dream home and it's so confusing. Or like, you know, you're getting sued by some neighbor because your property line is like two inches over. It's crazy stuff like that. That is like, why is this happening? What does this mean? God is saying, I can use this, and I'm going to use this, and you're going to see who I am in the midst of it. Um, let's read Revelation 3, 18. Uh, it starts at 18. I'll read through verse 22. It says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. To those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This verse, there's so much to talk about in these verses. But this, this section, buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. That says to me, number one, there's going to be fire but you can get rich through it. You don't have to get burned up in that fire. You don't have to lose all sense of who you are and what you're made for and why these crazy things are happening. You don't have to fall down that hole. You can say, this is tough, but I can get rich through this because God is going to help me through it and he is gonna show me truth through it. Difficulties are a training ground for us to be refined and for gold to be revealed. 
When we're found in a fiery trial, we feel like we are the ones getting burned up. But what's being burned up is our flesh. Sometimes we just have to lay some things down, even when it's hard. But what remains is the gold. Is, uh, the gold is relationship with Jesus. It's connection with our Father. It is alignment. That is the gold. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have fire. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Right? He's going, partner with me. I'm the one who overcame it. I know how to get you through it. I know how to make you better, not bitter, in this hard circumstance. There's no avoiding trouble in this world. We are in a fallen world. Sin came in. All that came with that came. And we do live in a very broken place. We do. But we have Jesus. We have Jesus. And in him, we have peace and we have hope. When difficulty hits, we have a choice to make. We partner with Jesus to seek truth and overcome, or we get lost in anger and judgment and bitterness. And that just puts us like a car out of alignment, twirling in circles. You'll just drive in circles forever on that, in that road. Get back into alignment and you can go straight. You don't have to live there. You don't have to live in that anger, in that bitterness. These are moments of laying these things down, buying gold in the fire. Buy gold so you can get rich and maintain alignment. These are private victories. Private victories are those things no one sees, no one knows about. We all have battles we're fighting that hardly anyone probably even knows about. Secret things that we wrestle with in our hearts. But when we, in the secret place, bring those things to Jesus and he brings us truth, we are overcoming. We're overcoming. Those are private victories. And that opens the door for public triumph. Okay? Uh, David is a great example of this. I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17. 32 through 34. Nope, 32 through 37. All right. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. He's talking about Goliath. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, he's saying I, have been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. I imagine him like grabbing a lion's head and like pulling it back and just like killed. Sliced its throat, I'm guessing. I don't know how you kill a lion. That's my best guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, moving on. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So David's private victories, when no one was seeing, prepared him for a place of dependence on the Lord to be victorious. It showed him what he's made of. He was able to face a lion and a bear and not die and be like, I can do this. I am brave. I am strong. I am, 
God uses me. God doesn't leave me. He equips me. He helps me. When no one was looking, David was learning those lessons in private. Those were his private victories. Then when the time came, he had a public triumph. And it's, it's not just that he killed Goliath. It's that he was preparing him to, God was preparing him to be the king. That was the greater thing. He was in the lineage of Jesus himself. This was the greater thing. So it wasn't just so he could kill Goliath, even though, yes, that was a big part of it. And he could see in himself, if I did this and God brought me through, I can do this and he will bring me through. And all of us can say that. All of us are able to say, if God brought me through here, he can bring me through over here. God does allow in his wisdom what he could prevent in his power. He, he does. Like with David, he could, have allowed, he could have just kept the lion and the bear away from him. I was joking in the first service, like how we pray for a bubble of protection. Over my plane, Lord. <laughs> you know, people say that, like put a, a bubble of protection over them. That's what I imagine we could, it, now in days it'd be like, oh, just don't even let that bearer line come anywhere near. Instead, it's like, no, God allowed that so that David could see what he's made of. He was getting trained up for his destiny. So I'm the kind of person who likes to be uh, you know, rescued from uncomfortable things very, very quickly. I don't like sitting in difficult stuff for very long. I am not a kind of person who like, you know, seeks out the ice uh, bath plunges and all these things that people love to do for some reason. I know it like helps your lymph nodes or something. I don't know. I just know I don't like pain and I want to be out of pain as fast as possible, right? But that that's just my... That's my flesh. That's my uh, insecurity. That's my impatience. But my spirit man is able to say, I will surrender. And if God is, has me in this difficult time, in this difficult place, I will get the gold out of that time. I will see what he is making me to be. And I'm not going to try to escape. And I'm not going to get impatient and angry with God. I'm going to say, I partner with you, God. Even if I feel a little, a little sad and pathetic, I can say, God, I can wait it out because I'm with you. You and me, we can get through this together. And I bring myself into alignment. It's a choice. It is a choice we make. God will never force you into alignment. This is the renewing of our minds. This is the process he has us on a journey of discovering our obedience, of surrender and submission. This is going from glory to glory and strength to strength. That, this is literally what that means. We get to go from glory to glory. The victory is already ours. We have to stay in a place of intimacy in the secret place that looks like worship and being thankful, being grateful, always giving praise back to God, reminding ourselves of his promises reminding ourselves that he has told me he'll never leave me or forsake me, that he has a good plan for my life, right? These are the things we have to bring ourselves back and renew our minds with this truth. And we have to believe we have the victory even as we wait. We have a, Dustin and I have a testimony from um, years ago. We adopted our daughter Olive from Ethiopia. Look at this beautiful Olive on the front row. Uh, Olive's 10 right now. So this was back when she first came home. She came home when she was about 15 months old. Um, 
So adoption, as probably most of you know, is a very expensive endeavor. Um, it, it was between forty dollars and $50,000. And that was spread out over the course of a couple of years of the process of it. But we certainly did not have forty dollars to $50,000. <laughs> um, I mean, we barely had any money at all. This is, the only money we had was money we were going to use for a down payment on a house. And then we were like, okay, instead, we really felt the Lord tell us, instead of using it to buy a house, put it into adoption. And that's what we did, like joyfully. It was not something I, I hemmed and hawed over. I was like, yes, I had a full yes in my heart immediately. And so we went through the process and we had a lot of amazing people come alongside of us and we had fundraisers, we had extra jobs. We just worked really hard through that season. So Olive came home and we still had about $10,000 that we owed on a loan. But uh, we had an accountant at the time and the accountant said, um, uh, you guys qualify for an adoption tax credit. So you'll receive that this next tax time and that will be around that amount and then you can put it towards this loan and we'll be debt free. We're like, awesome, that's amazing. That's gonna be so great. That's gonna help us out. So a little while goes by and it's around tax time at this point and both Dustin and I were working uh, as contractors for a um, office down in Denver. I did event planning and Dustin did graphic design and um, on the same day, this company cut their contracts like off. Just no warning. When you're a contractor, you don't get it. They're just like, you're not even an employee. Like you're just done. So both of us basically lost our jobs on the same exact day. It was the majority of our income. Then that same week, maybe two days later, we get a knock on our front door and it's, it's our accountant. And I open the door and she comes in and she starts crying. How many of you know you do not want your accountant to cry <laughs> and come to your house? And we were like, what is happening? I was like comforting her like, it's okay. So <laughs> turns out she said she had made a mistake. We did not qualify for the adoption tax credit. Not only will we not get that money covered, we actually owe around $10,000. So we went from... Uh, we went one day, we lost both of our jobs. A couple days later, we were now $20,000 in debt. So we were like, uh, we literally were like, what are we going to do? Um, of course, there was, there was tears, there was panic, there was moments of confusion. We ended up, um, having to move out of the house that we were in. We had a really strong, amazing community around us. Uh, we had some friends open up their basement to us. We got to move in, we got to live with them, and we just got to work. We just started working. We found jobs, we worked as hard as we could. We were paying down all the money that we could, but it was still a lot for us, and it took time. And so uh, many, many months had passed, and we had paid down around $10,000, but we still had $10,000 to go. And it was weighing on us, so much. Debt is a weight around your neck. It is, it can be suffocating. It can be suffocating. And I want to say something. We, we talk about the debt that was paid for us on the cross. And I know of obviously we mean that for salvation, for our salvation, but that is grace. And if you have debt that is absolutely suffocating you, grace can apply to financial debt as well. Even if you got yourself into that place and it's your fault, which most of the time debt is to some degree, there's choices that were made and then we need help getting out of it, there is grace to be set free from debt. So I just want to tell you that um, he paid it all. He paid it all. I just remember 
I prayed that a lot during this season. Like, okay, God, you paid my debt. I'm going to believe that even financially. So I was in like a worship service and I was praying and I was just like, God, I just want to escape this debt. I am so tired of our life being about this money. Like this is so exhausting. And also I'm really tired of living in our friend's basement. You know, it's just not where we are thriving. We need some steps out of this. And so as I was praying, I had my hands open and I felt, I felt a supernatural impartation. This was an impartation moment where I felt like someone slid money into my hand, like, like a, a folded check or like money that's like you slide it in. Ooh, do you ever like, like you're tipping someone? You're like, there you go. It was like that. And I closed my hand and I'm like, this is it. This is God. I like, it felt like I literally had a check in my hand. And I'm like, I believe this. I believe he is going to pay it. He's going to pay it all. And it was only a couple months later where that exact thing happened. God, miraculously, we received a check for exactly the debt that we owed and we paid off the whole thing. Within a year, we paid off $20,000 and then we were able to buy a house. So God has a way of showing us the victory even as we wait. And I, I want to make it clear, the testimony is amazing that God helped us get out of debt, that God set us free. But the testimony I really want you to hear is who I found who God was in that time. I found Jesus on a different level than I ever would have known if I wouldn't have gone through that. I never, I, it was like every day I was hungry for him. I would wait to hear his voice. I would dig into the word. I would look for promises. I would go to the secret place every single morning. I would wake up earlier and earlier and earlier. Like, I have to hear from you, God. I have to be in your presence, God. And that's the key. That was the gold in the fire. Money will come and go. That is one thing I have really learned. Money will come and go. Money is not the issue for God. Here's 10,000, but here, here, here. He can do that. He's saying, I'm waiting for your heart. I'm waiting for you to know me as provider. I'm waiting for you to have a revelation of provision. Otherwise, you're going to just get stuck. Your alignment, well, you'll go in circles, circles and circles with money especially. He's saying, know me. Get out of the poverty mindset. You have what you need right now. He is the, the, the father of all provision, and he can bring it to you. But in the meantime, we wait in the secret place. We stay in alignment. We stay in worship. We stay in thankfulness. Conflict brings an opportunity to see the revelation of our Savior our true savior, proving that he is real and powerful. He trains our hands for battle in the secret place. That is where we are equipped. We fight the lion and the bear, and when the time comes, we're ready to defeat our Goliath. Our Goliath. So in closing, I just want to re recap the three ways that we come into alignment. One is we come into alignment in the secret place. We take the time to, to press in, to know those, those precious moments with Jesus just by ourselves, We close the door. We make it a priority. We have connection. We have um, that personal uh, um, time of saying, I need to hear your voice, Jesus. Number two, alignment comes through impartation and process. We just choose to obey. We submit and obey. And number three, difficulty brings an opportunity for alignment. So I just want, I want more than anything, I want you to leave here hungry to know Jesus. 
hungry to spend time with Jesus. I want you to feel sick of going in circles in your alignment, your car. I want you to say, I'm coming into alignment. I'm pulling the steering wheel. We're going to go straight. I want to see Jesus in my life. I want to see the outpouring of anointing that he has for me. That looks different for all of us. There's different areas in your life that he is waiting just to pour out. We just need to give him that opportunity and that time. We open our hands. We give that to Jesus. All right. I am going to, I'm going to close, but I'm going to have Dustin come up. Thank you guys so much for being here. It was fun to get to teach everybody.